We are back with the Training Model Podcast. I know I've taken a little bit of a break. Obviously, most of you will know that I have become a father, uh, which has been a big shock to the system, very positive shock. Uh, I had my little daughter, Laura and I had our little daughter on January the 10th. So she's actually six weeks old now, which is crazy to think. Apparently, they're no longer considered a newborn after six weeks. They become an infant. I believe that is the case. But yeah, she's six weeks old. Um, She's adorable. She's so cute. She's beautiful. Uh, she's advanced. I'm, I'm, I'm making a little joke with a lot of people that she's like, she's, a, she's so advanced. Look at her, use her eyes. Look at her, make a little smile here and there. But um, I'm actually absolutely loving uh, the journey so far. Um, I would be naive to, or ignorant to say that um, the, the adjustment in lifestyle hasn't impacted my sort of work and, and my work productivity so far. I definitely have a lot of um, I definitely have a lot of areas to improve on that front, which is something that I want to continue to improve at and, and I'm I'm putting things in place to to hopefully get back to uh, what I know the productivity that I can have. But uh, some of my working from home days have been a little bit of a challenge for me to really get going and get things moving. But I endeavor to continue to move forward and continue to grow uh, both training model and strength culture. So thank you very much for sticking with me and thank you very much for checking out episode number 12 here. It's almost like season two, 2024. Um, it has been... Uh, uh, it's been a good start to 2024. Um, I think a lot of the directional changes that we've made with strength culture over the last sort of 18 months, um, I think we're we're really starting to find our feet with them, which has been awesome. Um, we have shifted the focus a little bit from a marketing standpoint and, and, and some of the other stuff that we've been doing to, to really try to increase uh, gym sort of like coach clients within the gym. Obviously, coming out of COVID, we had a very strong push towards online coaching, which has been fantastic. And our online business has definitely grown uh, and is very stable now, which is great. Um, but now the the shift is, is going to get back to really trying to build up and, and uh, increase the community size here at the gym again, which uh, is going to be the main focus over the coming months. So um, I'm keen for the challenges of 2024. We are, um, this is really just a, a recap of everything, but uh, before we get into some of the topics that I've got for today, but um, another another big thing that we're we're really trying, or at least I'm really trying to step into this year, is really um, really taking on the attitude that I'm I'm a marketer, um, like that is my main role within within strength culture at this point in time is is marketing and lead generation and uh, continuing to learn about ads and and marketing strategy and and launches and and all of that sort of stuff. I think I've got a long way to go, but I think I I learned a lot over the last 12 months uh, with all of that sort of stuff. Um, I've also hired a mentor who's been helping me with uh, marketing, copywriting and ads creation, which has been uh, quite beneficial. We had a fantastic January. February hasn't been as uh, as hot as Jan was, but um, I'm hoping that that continues to improve as well. So uh, all of those lessons and all of those things that I learn uh, over the, over time and as I start to sort of like put them into my own brain and have a think about those things, I'm definitely going to be sharing on the podcast because um, as I've always said, like there's no uh, there's no like gatekeeping or anything like that here uh, with training model. Like it's really just a, it's a, 
you're you're hopefully learning and 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 coming along for the ride as I go through and learn processes and new things to to hopefully up upgrade and 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 grow my businesses. Um, in this industry because it is a challenging industry and I know a lot of PTs and coaches and uh, small gym owners and all of that sort of stuff are feeling the crunch at the moment. We definitely are. Um, but I think, uh, I think stay the course, stick to it, um, stick to your gun, stick to your plan, action your plan and positive things will come from all of those activities. So very excited for 2024. Um, yeah, and again, thank you very much for checking out uh, the podcast. Uh, this will go back to weekly from now forward, and I'm excited. So if you do have any questions or if you do have any topics that you'd like me to discuss, whether it be business, whether it be training, movement, uh, please let me know. You can shoot, shoot me a DM, fill out the question box on Instagram, or there's a contribute to the podcast section on the website, which I would recommend dropping in there as well. Um, the other thing that I want to update you on is I've set the dates for uh, my first lot of... Um, understanding movement seminar tickets. Uh, I'm going to be hitting Melbourne on April the 6th uh, here at Strength Culture, pretty pretty standard. I'm going to be hitting uh, City Strength HQ on April the 13th. So that's a Saturday in New South Wales. And then on the Sunday, I'm going to be hitting Queensland on April the 14th, which will be at Nexus Performance. Um, those tickets are now available. They're $250 a ticket. Uh, you can use the code Little Pia, one word. Pia is my daughter's name, uh, to save 20% or or $50. So yeah, 20% off the ticket. Um, as an early bird, that will be available for the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll promote when that uh, wraps up. But uh, if you're looking to come on, come down to one of those sessions, I'd highly recommend it. If you enjoy my content, if you uh, enjoy the way in which I navigate and, and think about conversations around movement, um, I think you will get a lot from it. And a lot of the application comes very immediately. You can begin to really start to use these strategies with your clients from day dot. Um, they're very, they have quite complex underpinning. Um, however, the application of it becomes very, very easy in, in the in the long run. And I'll obviously be covering more of that sort of stuff over the next few uh, weeks on the podcast uh, and my social content will also begin to, to ramp back up. But um, yeah, if, if you've ever, if you've ever been confused, one of the things, and I sent an email about this the other week, but if you ever consume people like a David Gray rehab or an Angus Bradley or a, a Connor Harris would fit in there, or you've ever looked at like PRI, like a Bill Hartman and all of those sort of people, like that thread of sort of those ideas around sort of, gravity, management of gravity, these relative motion ideas, uh, these whole ideas of like internal and external rotation, um, force production, pushing down on the floor, all of these sort of things uh, can get quite confusing. And if you consume this content and sometimes think, what are they actually talking about? How does this actually apply in the gym? How can I use this th stuff for my clients? I really do believe that my understanding movement course is the best fit to bridge all of those ideas together. Um, and again, the biggest thing that I want I want people to take from the course is just um, how common a lot of these sort of ideas and, and, and these, these training models within the industry actually are. And we're going to find and identify sort of the common features and work out exactly what's going on and then how we can build that into practical application. So um, the, the course itself or the seminar itself is broken into a few sections. The first one is just understanding um, like the foot 
the pelvis and the rib cage, these three areas of the body that kind of move and, and deal with gravity slightly different than just the arms and the legs. And they're really the foundation of how we both achieve and access positions, but then also produce force and produce movement and produce performance. Um, so foot, pelvis, and ribcage anatomy and function. We'll then get into gait cycle and learning gait cycle as a lens to better understand how humans move and how humans deal with gravity. Um, we're going to use that gait cycle then to better understand this center of mass and gravity sort of management strategy, uh, something that I harp on a lot about. And for good reason, I do believe that that is at the very core of majority of people's misunderstandings around human movement is where is gravity pulling on the system? How is it pulling on the system? And actually starting to um, to better understand that and, and, and learn to apply those principles in the gym. There's a lot of practical stuff around um, all of that, squatting, deadlifting, some, some low-level drills that you can use for motor control and improving awareness with your clients, as well as building those up into performance-based things and actually lifting weights and getting after it in the gym. That's what we need to be doing as coaching and promoting through our coaching. Um, and then also there'll be some programming discussions, some case study applications uh, on top of all of that. The final module is understanding tension and what what people mean when they describe building tension, creating tension, shifting tension, and all of that sort of stuff. Obviously, we can view tension from a bodybuilding lens, uh, which is the very like CAS dominant era of what we're, what the social media sphere has had over the last few years, and for good reason. It's interesting stuff about aligning sort of joint angles and, and, and fibers and all of that sort of stuff and creating as much tension as possible. However, it goes a step further with... with than just the bodybuilding application. And there's also this performance application with strength training, lifting bigger loads, better management of gravity and, and all of that sort of stuff. We can learn to shift tension away from areas or towards target areas. Simple things like taking tension off the lower back with squatting and deadlifting. What can we do to improve that tension distribution to load the glutes more, to load the adductors more, to load the quads more, to load the abs more, to load the reaching muscles more of the upper body, to give the shoulder more support, um, to shift into uh, glute or hamstrings or adductor bias positions and all of that uh, in a more strength training oriented lens that's not just bodybuilding. So again, understanding movement, I think it is a no-brainer. Uh, it's Really, it's only 200 bucks. Uh, it's about six and a half hours. Um, the feedback that I get from every one of these seminars is unbelievable. Um, and I would really like it if you came along, joined in, uh, and, and had all of your questions and stuff answered uh, in a practical, easy-to-use system of coaching. So again, those dates, Melbourne, April the 6th, New South Wales, April the 13th, and Queensland, April the 14th. Tickets have started to move already. If you're on the email list, you would have got some of that information. Um, it's I think it's the first link in my bio currently, so you can jump through there. It's also the first link down below. Um, and again, the code is LITTLEPR if you're interested in learning uh, in, in coming down and saving yourself $200. Um, cool. So now we're going to move into some of the questions that I got um, from last week. And we have three questions to cover. Two of them are kind of connected. So I'm going to, I'm going to sort of layer those in together. But uh, the third one is about training. The first two are sort of about um, newer coaches. So if you're a new coach um, and you're looking to kind of set your price, um, and, and like determine your value, how would you do that? 
Uh, and that would be the first part of the question. And it can be a little bit difficult. Obviously, for the most part, prices outside of like charlatans and all of that sort of stuff, prices are kind of dictated by your experience. Um, and the more experience you have, the, the faster and the more efficiently that you can get clients' results and what they're looking for, generally the more that, that people can pay or people will pay for those um, for those services. And, and it's difficult at the start of your career because you don't really have much experience. Yes, you may have done some some internships or done some mentorships or some online courses. Maybe you've even done a university course. Like you have a lot of knowledge, but it's the application and the experience of applying that knowledge, which is really the the most valuable part of what you're doing as a young coach. Um, so it is it is a difficult thing. And and whenever I get this question from young coaches, there's always a couple of things that I would recommend. The first one is, do you have testimonials? Do you have people that will speak highly of you to friends and family if you if uh, if you you ask them to. And if the answer to that is no, there's probably a chance that you need to just go and find five to 10 people to coach in some capacity, whether it's programming online and helping them, whether it's you you, you train at the same gym and you help them there, um, whatever it might be, or you help them at their house or you help them in any capacity. Maybe you're helping them with nutrition. Maybe you're helping them with like some cardio-based stuff. It doesn't really matter. Um, the first thing that I would recommend before even trying to identify your value, identify your your price points is actually working out, are you good at what you're trying to do? Um, are you good at communicating? Are you good at educating? Are you good at uh, getting people to actually adhere to what you've built out? How's your programming structure? How all of that sort of stuff needs to be in line before you start to price yourself. Um, so that would be the first thing that I tell pretty much everyone. And I would say this, if, if you're in that position and you're feeling hesitant to do that, um, I would say that Pretty much every single successful person in this industry started in some capacity doing free work. Um, people can skip that and just go and get a job and that's the second question. But I do believe that if you want to work for yourself and if you want to move it down the route of becoming your own coach and working for yourself, starting in that process is is almost a non-negotiable. So that would be the first thing I do. Once you pass that level, how do you service you? How do you value yourself? Well, there's two ways that you can go about this. Uh, you can look at just the market and see what the market is and then determine your price based off that. So if you're doing online coaching and people are charging anywhere between sort of 50 and $70 per week, maybe you just go to the bottom end of that to start with, generate some leads, generate some clients, get yourself off the ground and then make a decision whether or not you want to increase your rates after that. What I would say for online coaching, $50 per week is incredibly cheap um, and you're going to probably struggle uh, initially to really build yourself up and, and, and support yourself with such a low price point. But it is a good place to start and to generate maybe five to 10 paying clients and then from there you can increase your prices, um, developing your service and all of that sort of stuff. The second thing that I would do is you could ask the people that you've just helped and be like, hey, um, the going trend in the market is kind of these price points. From the service that you've got and, and, and what I've been able to help you with and the results that you've got, would you be willing to pay X, Y, or Z for this service to move forward? And if not, what would I need to change in order to find, let's just say, $60 per week of value for yourself within this service? 
Um, and again, it, it just leverages off the fact that you've already got results with these people. They've already bought in. They're already getting what they want from the service and, and, and the outcomes that they, they were looking for. So um, it would be... Uh, it would probably be, you probably find some good information from them. What I would say to that is don't just go to them and say, what would you pay? Because most people have no idea what coaching actually costs. They think it's a $20 race to the bottom, group fitness, $40 a week. You get 17 classes of hit this, whatever arm, blast that. Um, where in reality, one-on-one coaching is just not that price point. So I would probably give them some context of what you're thinking about charging and moving forward from there. But the crux of prices is that you can change them. You can increase them. You probably should increase them over time. Um, having people that are price sensitive and then not coming on board isn't a bad thing. Uh, you you can't sign every single person that is interested. Uh, otherwise, your rates are just way too cheap. If they're too cheap, you just get time wasters. And this is kind of coming back to some of that stuff that we were talking about at the very start of the podcast. And this is part of the reason why we want to move towards uh, like really generating more coaching business within the facility here, not just online, um, is because we just find that these in-person clients, yeah, they pay more because they're here and they're actually getting to see the coaches and all of that sort of stuff. But the retention is better because they're more bought in and they're more um, they're more into the community and all of that sort of stuff. And part of that is just having higher price points. So if you just undershoot yourself and lowball yourself because you're not confident and all of that, that's just telling me you need to go and get more experience before anything else. So a couple of things to consider there. Um, there's no right or wrong way to go about it, but that's how I would recommend doing Doing it, and that's how I started out in the industry. Started with friends, started with some family, helped them out as much as I could, and then eventually I started to. All right, I'm going to start doing personal training. I'm going to start at fifty dollars per week per session. Did a few of those, and then I realized, fuck, I really need to be making more than fifty dollars per session, and I increased it a little bit, and I did a little bit more there, and 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 that's sort of how it all built up. So. Um, it has, uh, yeah, hopefully that has been interest, uh, has been valuable for you. The next part to that is, um, the question about working for yourself or being employed and, and what I would recommend. Um, and there's successful directions in both of these. Absolutely. For newer coaches, I would always recommend if you can get employed somewhere, People think that these jobs aren't out there, but they definitely are, and they're definitely becoming more and more available. Um, these smaller gyms that pop up, um, that have well-structured leadership and people in charge of them that can grow and build the business. Um, these employment opportunities are around. You have to have your finger on the pie and looking around and talking to people and meeting people. Um, a good place to be would be somewhere like this because I often get people do you have any coaches that you would recommend, blah, blah, blah. Like just being in good networks will help you find these roles and, and, and get you in the right position. But um, I, yeah, as I said, for a new person, I would recommend trying to find employment somewhere. Even if it's part-time, let's just say it's 15 hours per week, at least you have a stable 15 hours per week where you get paid. Maybe not what you want to get paid, but you're getting paid. You're making a stable amount of money that you can use um, to upskill yourself, to take stress off yourself, to um, to buy things and do all of that sort of stuff. But most importantly, you've got 15 hours per week where you're definitely going to get some kind of coaching reps in front of you. So you're probably going to be 
um, coaching clients in the gym, whether it's a group setting, it's something like a BFT, that's fantastic. You're meeting people, you're learning to think on the fly, quickly progress and regress, uh, help motivate clients and, and get them to push loads. All of those sort of things uh, become really beneficial skill sets that are needed in order to, to grow in this industry. So um, I think that's... the that, yeah, I have a I have a big bias to going to find employment in some capacity and and job security. If you can get to full time roles with your superannuation paid, your taxes held for you, um, all of those you get sick leave, you get holiday pay, all of those things that they are worth. Um, yeah, that that job stress, that reduction in job stress is huge. So. Um, I think that's really important. The flip side to that is if you do decide that I just want to go this myself and, and go for this my and do this myself, I think there's a couple of things that are now non-negotiables in our industry. The first one is social media. So if you don't like social media, if you feel hesitant to get on social media, um, if you don't even have your own viewpoints around training and your own your own view and vantage of the way in which people should go about things and creatively think about things, social media is going to become very challenging for you and it's something that you need to consider because uh, I, I'm not sure how, and this is the online world, you might work for yourself at like a, like a big chain gym or something and there's another consideration there, but um, social media is an absolute non-negotiable for pretty much everybody that is uh, looking to work for themselves in the online space. Like it just has to happen. Jordan Shallow had a fantastic quote. This was years ago, but it's like, if you want to be an online trainer, your gym floor are these social platforms. You have to be active on them every day. You have to be there showing results, showing your value, showing your knowledge, showing how you can help people. Um, it just becomes a no brainer. Like it just has to happen. So if you're not in a position where you want to do that and undertake that process, um, I'd highly recommend whether or not that's the right route for you currently. doesn't mean that it won't work down the track, but right now it might not be the right thing for you currently. The flip side to that is working for yourself in a big chain gym. Uh, the, the common complaint that I get from people, from young coaches is, fuck, I'm paying all this rent um, and I'm just not getting leads. And when I think about coaches at these big chain gyms, like I, I the way that I want you to frame the rent that you're paying the gym is that is a marketing spend. That is let's just say $300 per week to get you in front of their three, four, five, six thousand members. Majority of them are unactive, bad luck, but however many thousands of people that go to that gym, that is what you're paying for. Uh, and finding ways in which you can access those clients and get yourself in front of them um, is going to be the most important thing. Whether that is getting lists from your PTM, your your, your manager, uh, whether that be maybe setting up little workshops or, or lifting sessions or whatever it might be, complimentary things like using the facilities and the resources that are around you in those gyms to try to garner more attention and to stand out from the crowd of the other PTs is a no-brainer. And ultimately, that is what you're paying for the rent. Yeah, you're paying for a nice gym, absolutely. But for the most part, you're, you're paying for marketing. You're paying to be in front of those people. So you need to kind of view it as that and, and, and use that as your step forward in the space. Um, whether or not you should work for yourself online or work for yourself in the gym, that is a, that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, my bias is 
looking for employment in some capacity to start with, whether it be part-time, build yourself up on the side, whether it be paying per session at a gym, um, any of those sort of things can happen and they're available out there for the right people if, if you're putting yourself in there. So uh, I would recommend that. Hopefully that was valuable. If you have any further questions, you know what to do. Uh, also, what I would say is if you are a new coach and looking to um, to step into um to step into working for yourself or building yourself up, or maybe you've got a few clients rolling, I would recommend my business short course, uh, which is my foundation, my business foundation short course. It's all of the things that I wish I knew when I started personal training and when I started working for myself and building my business. Um, it's very foundational skill sets around marketing, content creation, uh, retention, and, and data tracking within your business. Also, things like sales and understanding how the sales process needs to happen and how you should be tracking your sales. Uh, and then finally, just finance management, some very foundational finance management skills, understanding profit, expenses, setting yourself a wage, all of these low hanging fruit around you so that if you are working for yourself, you can actually find success. Uh, you can also use the word team meeting one word. This will be linked down below if you're interested in learning a little bit more about that. Um, I would recommend jumping in there. You can also have a call with me to shoot me a DM if you want to see if it's a good fit for you. But I think that's a no brainer if you are looking for uh, your first sort of success uh, at building building yourself up. The final question that we have here is minimal effective dose in programming. What does it mean? And how can we use this sort of concept to get better gains from our clients and, uh, and our clientele? So minimum effective dose is the idea that uh, you do the least amount to actually make progress. So if we view this from uh, a volume perspective, uh, we might be looking at, at like two exposures of two to three sets per week. That would be for most people on the lower end of a volume prescription. Um, if you look at the research for like volume and hypertrophy outcomes, we're probably looking at like 10 to 12 sets per exposure or per, per week, sorry, um, for like a muscle group. So like bench, like chest or, or back or whatever you might be. Um, but however, that would be more of like an optimal loading sort of dosage. Whereas minimal effective dosage is just doing the least amount possible to still make progress. And what I will say with this is that most people will be happy and uh, content with making that small amount of progress because it is a smaller investment in time, effort, and resource on the front end of training. Um, and, and a lot of clients don't want to spend 90 minutes in the gym. They want to do 45 to an hour, three, three days a week, get in, go hard, and go home. Um, that's what most people are actually looking for. Yes, you might work with powerlifters and all of that sort of stuff that are willing young clients who are willing to spend two hours in the gym per, per session, but majority of people just don't want that. So learning about minimal effective dose is really important. Um, Jamie Buziotis has a good rule here, which is just two hard sets, um, which does make a lot of sense from a minimal effective dosage standpoint. You kind of warm yourself up. Your first set is like an at an eight or a nine. And then your second set is like a 10, like close to a max out, maybe a nine or a 10. Um, and the goal with that is to teach your clients to build higher intensity into their training and actually push their training a little bit harder. Because if volume is lower, we have that inverse re relationship with intensity. It does mean that intensity of effort needs to be higher. Our RPEs need to be pushed harder and your education to 
clients needs to be paramount around intensity within training. So, um, so that is what minimum effective dose is and that's how you can kind of think about it. Most people when they talk about minimum effective dose are talking about it from two sort of lenses. The first one is just volume prescription. So how much volume they're doing across the week. So two sessions might be just as good as three sessions if those two sessions are at a higher intensity. That would be the first one. The second one would be within the session itself. Do you really need to be doing three or four sets of bench press to make gains? Maybe you could simply do two sets of bench press and then two sets of some sort of accessory. You've still got your four sets of pressing, but you've got a better variety of uh, movement within there with a lower dosage of each individual movement that could be another way you could think about it but again the caveat to all of that is training needs to be hard it has to be hard if it's not hard you're going to struggle with actually uh, making progress off such a small amount of work so you're probably looking at higher intensities of rpe so anything above an eight probably an 8.5 closer to nines and tens more regularly in training but the, the switch to that is that there is just overall less training. So uh, some good things to think about there. Again, I'll plug my training foundations course, which is called the training model. Uh, all of these sort of concepts around training and, and volumes and prescriptions of volumes and intensities and RPEs and program structure, all of that stuff is included in there. I think it is the, uh, it's my favorite thing that I've ever created. So if you're interested in learning more about my training foundations or my coaching foundations short course, that will also be linked in the bio, but I'd recommend checking that out as well um, because I think it'll be very valuable if you're a newer coach looking to better understand programming, volume, intensity, frequency, what do all these things actually mean? How do I get the most out of my clients? Programming structure and all of that sort of stuff. It's all laid out in there. Um, it has like seven hours worth of content uh, and it's a fantastic, valuable piece. So that's the end of episode number 12 of the Training Model Podcast. I look forward to seeing you next week. If you want to contribute, you know what to do. Um, as always, if, if you found this valuable, please share this. I need to get the momentum back up for the podcast. So any shares would help or direct sends to other uh, coaches or people that you might know that who might find this interesting. I would, uh, I would really, uh, I would really help the support on that. So I hope your 2024 has started well and I will see you next week.